Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. ACF. Can we just celebrate being together, being in the house of God? He's here with us, and I believe he has something for us today. Hey, before we get into today's message, I want to talk about something happening in just a couple of weeks, two weeks away. We are so excited here at ACF. We have the opportunity to sponsor kids with Compassion International. Again, we're calling it Compassion Week, um, and this is an awesome thing that we get to do. We've uh, done this before, uh, several years ago, we came together and, and we felt like God was calling us to reach into one of the poorest of the poor places in the world and sponsor kids with Compassion International. We did that in Burkina Faso and Bobo de Lasso. We, we sponsored, it was then over 500 kids in one single week, uh, ACF was able to sponsor. And today, yeah, we can celebrate that. Well, but this is what's really cool. Today, that was, that was a few years ago. It was three years ago. But today, we are still currently sponsoring over 400 kids that we originally signed up for. And that is huge. That we can celebrate. Uh, Compassion International, we work with them. And they're like, you guys, the retention rate is amazing at ACF Church. And so many of those people have since moved on. We know. Many of you are military here, and many of those people then have moved on, but they've continued their sponsorship. And so uh, a couple months ago, Compassion International came to us, and they said, okay, is ACF ready to do it again, ready to take another plunge? We have another place where we could really use your help with your people. And so we're going to be sponsoring kids in Peru, in Cusco, Peru, and we're going to make this big deal. And we have uh, goals that we're setting in one single week to sponsor a certain number of kids. And so that's coming. So I just want to let you know, don't miss that Sunday. Put it on your calendar, Wednesday, Sunday. Don't miss that week. Be here, and we're going we're gonna to do our best to use our resources to make major impact in people's lives around the world. So don't miss that week. Well, if I haven't met you before, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at ACF, and I'm really excited to be with you today. Uh, we are just kicking off a series of talks called Search History. And we're really just talking about uh, doctrine and theology and talking about like in the church, just some real common questions that people have. These are some real basic questions that people ask and want to know to help with their walk with God or even know a little bit more about who God is. So before we jump into, into today's talk, would you guys just join me in prayer and uh, just ask God to be with us this morning. 
Jesus, we thank you that we can come together, we can gather together and know that you are here with us. Your word says that you are present with us. And Jesus, I pray that uh, as we come together to hear and learn from you, that you would speak to our hearts, open our ears, open our minds, open our eyes to see your truth today. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So we are in this series, like I said, called Search History, and we're walking through some, some basic theological and doctrinal questions that a lot of people have. And what's really cool is on Christmas Eve, uh, we had 130 people say yes to Jesus for the very, very first time. That is, that is amazing, and that is not us, that is God at work. But because of that, there is a lot of people who have a lot of questions about this thing called Christianity. And to be honest, you may have not said yes to Jesus uh, and you're in this room, but you still have some questions. And, and to be even more honest, you may have said yes to Jesus decades ago, but you still have some questions that you don't quite understand and don't quite get. And so that's what this series is about. It's about talking about some of these questions that are good to be asking and that we should understand. The more we understand it, the more it's going to bring us to Jesus. And so last week, we asked the most important question you can ask. We asked, who is Jesus? There is no greater question than that. And so if you were not here last week, I would really encourage you to go to our website, to download our app, and watch last week's message as we talked about who is, who really is this person of Jesus. And so Today, we're going to ask another really important question. I think it's a question that many of us kind of wrestle with. We, we, we ask, sometimes, especially if you've been a Christian for a while, you, you don't really, you ask this question, but you kind of pretend like you don't, I think. And that is this. The question is, does God speak? Does God speak? Now, I loved it on Wednesday night. I, I threw this out. I said, the question is, does God speak? And a little girl just goes, yes! And I was, it was awesome. I was like, right on. Amen. Yes, he does. But the question is that, especially if you've been a follower of Jesus before, you're new to the game, or you've been, you've been following Jesus for decades, is, but how does God speak? Because, like, I hear he speaks. I, I know the right answer is yes. But if I'm really honest, I don't know if I've really heard God speak before. So we want to talk a little bit about this this morning. And what we're actually talking about is something called the doctrine of revelation. This is actually something that's studied in Christian circles, and it's real simple. The doctrine of revelation, and, and, and all the doctrine of revelation is, is simply this. It is that God has made himself known to humanity. That's what the doctrine of Revelation is, that God has made himself known to humanity. God speaks, and when he speaks, he's revealing himself to us. And there's a second part, though, of the doctrine of Revelation that's really important for us to know as well. And the second part of it is this, is that humanity is incapable of discovering the truths and the personal nature of God apart from God revealing himself to us, okay? Okay. That, that, yes, God is revealing himself to us, but it is impossible for us to come to this knowledge of God apart from God. In other words, you can't discover God and who he is and his nature in a science lab. 
You can't discover God and who he is in his nature in a philosophy class or on a spiritual quest or journey. You can't just come to this knowledge. Now, you can discover God in a science lab or in a, in a, in a philosophy class or on a spiritual journey. You can, but it is only because God is revealing himself to you, not because of just human intellect being so smart like we've figured out God. Okay, so that is what this doctrine of revelation is. It is God revealing himself to us. And as he's revealing himself, or the act of revealing himself to us is him speaking to us. God speaks. So this idea of the doctrine of, of revelation, there, there, there's two ways that God reveals himself to humanity. Two ways he does it. There's what's called general revelation, and there's something called special revelation. Okay? So God is generally revealing himself to humanity, and then there's special ways that he does it. And so we're going we're gonna to break these down and talk about them for just a moment because it's really important for us in this journey of hearing God speak, and does God speak to me, and can I hear his voice, and what does his voice sound like? This is really important to understand these two principles. So general revelation, we'll start there. General revelation is God revealing himself to all people all the time. That's what general revelation is. God revealing himself to all people all the time. Now, there's three ways specifically that God does this. There's three ways that God is revealing himself to all people all the time. And we're going to talk about those here. The first one is this. Nature. Nature is the way. Nature is revealing God's invisible attributes to all people all the time. Nature is revealing God's invisible attributes to all people all the time. Have you ever been out in nature before and just felt like this incredible, like, spiritual connection? Like maybe you've climbed and summited a mountain, or maybe you're walking along the beach, you know, and the sun is setting, or you're just out in this beautiful open field, and you've just got this moment of, like, there is something sacred or holy or spiritual about this moment. That is nature speaking to you, or God speaking to you, I'm sorry, through nature, his invisible attributes. When, when you look at the Bible and you read like Genesis 1, okay? Genesis 1 is the beginning of all things. It is God creating. And in Genesis 1, chapter 1, what we see, what we, what we get to look at is God creating the universe, the world, the stars, the, the, the waters, the animals, the land, all, all things God is creating. And how is God creating these things? Through speaking, okay? In Genesis 1, we see, over, we see 15 times where God is speaking. He's either speaking something into existence or he's speaking a blessing over it. And so as God speaks creation into existence, creation in return speaks to us, reveals God to us, to all people in a general way. In fact, we can see this, Paul's real specific about this, in Romans chapter 1, verses 19. This is what Paul says. He says, since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. See, nature is revealing God 
to all people all the time. So much so that God says, look, there's no excuse to say I didn't know God existed because we can see him in nature. Now, we can also deny him in nature, and we can get, get, we can get confused about what we see, right? Like, it, nature so powerfully speaks God to us because God spoke it into existence that even in Romans, it goes on, Paul goes on to write, he says that they, they replaced the creator for the creation, and they worship the creation because it is so powerful in how it speaks to God that people actually think that it is God. And they worship creation. But nature is, is the first way that God is generally revealing himself to all people all the time. But we have to understand this, that understanding that who God is, his invisible attributes, as Paul writes, understanding God through nature does not save us. Okay, It does not save us. To go, nature's incredible, there must be a God behind this, does not, that is not saving knowledge, but it points us towards that saving knowledge. Understanding God through nature doesn't save us, but it points us to God's power. And we're able to see his power in nature. The second way God is generally revealing himself to us is something, this theological term. Brian, last week, he had these 10 cent theological terms. I'm going to give you a couple 10 cent theological terms. I'll, connect, I'll collect my 30 cents from you after service. You can just Drop 30 cents in my hand. Uh, but this first one is called Common Grace. Common Grace. It's actually coined by Constantine. And this is what Common Grace is. Common Grace is revealing God's love for all people all the time. Common Grace is revealing God's love for all people all the time. Common Grace is God generally revealing his love. If you, if you weren't here last week, Pastor Brian talked about how Jesus himself is literally holding your molecules together, that all things are sustained through Jesus, that you exist. If Jesus didn't want to sustain you anymore, we'd all just cease to exist. That is an example of common grace. God is commonly holding all, all things together, whether you believe in him or not, whether you follow him or not. That common grace understands that everyone experiences grace from God, not just those who love him. A couple examples of this in scripture is Psalm uh, 145.9 says this, the Lord is good to everyone. His compassion rests on all he has made, right? It doesn't matter if you follow God or not, he is good to you. He's good to everyone. You can deny, you might be in this room today and deny his existence. And he's still going to be good to you. Matthew 5, 4 says this, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, you can literally hate God, deny God, blaspheme God and enjoy the sunshine on your face. Right? It's warmth. I mean, I've been told it's warm. I don't know that it's warm, but they say that the sun is warm. Right? You can enjoy that. You get rain on your crops. In other words, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus to have success in this life. The rain comes on the, on the righteous and the unrighteous. 
that you can not follow God and be successful in business. You cannot follow God and have a family and enjoy that family. You cannot follow God and learn and, and gain and grow in knowledge and understanding. You cannot follow God and like serve people and experience the benefit in your soul for, from giving and serving. That is common grace. That is for all humanity because God loves humanity. And, and common grace is showing us God's love. But again, this understanding of God's love is not an understanding that is, here's your ten, another 10 cent theological word, it is not salvific. In other words, understanding that God loves you does not save you. That in itself is not salvation. Understanding that there's a God that exists and he loves you does, does not mean you have salvation now. But you are on that journey and you are on that road. And common grace is made to point us towards salvation. I love this in Romans 2, 4. This is what it says. It says, Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Like there's actually a reason for God's common grace as he is all the peop- to all people all the time, calling people to himself. It's intended to lead us to repentance. Way three, that God is generally revealing himself to us. Conscience. Conscience is revealing God's character to all people all the time. God's character. Morality is in our hearts. Morality is in generally all people have this idea of a sense of morality. It's amazing that no matter where you go in the world, yeah, things can be totally different, but there's this general sense of morality like, yeah, you know, it's a bad idea just to go randomly kill someone in the street. That's, that's typically frowned upon in just about all places around the world, right? It's generally frowned upon to steal something that doesn't belong to you. It's generally frowned upon to abuse children or to hoard wealth. That's generally frowned upon. Like there's this idea of conscience that that is in all people. In fact, Romans 2.14 says this. Romans 2.14 says, So when Gentiles who do not by nature have the law do what the law demands, they are a law to themselves even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Their conscience confirms this. Now, what does that mean? The law, the law, they have the law, they don't have the law. It's written on their hearts. The law, they do the law, then they prove the law. Right? Like, what does that mean? It simply means this. That when people don't know God, and they, they say, let's just use the Ten Commandments for a moment. They don't know the Ten Commandments. They've never been taught the Ten Commandments. They still kind of live lives not trying to murder people. Right? Trying to be honest as best as they can. Trying to, like, yes, be faithful to their spouse. Like, generally, people who have no idea who God is still live in this way. Why? Because it's been written on their hearts. God has put his law on the hearts of humanity. And this is a general way. Again, he's guiding people. He's revealing his character. God's law is simply this. It's the law that reveals God. Like, it's how he lives. He He doesn't go around stealing from us. And so in return, we don't steal from each other, right? It's it's his character. And uh, generally in humanity, we we value like 
life, right? We, we say people have value. Why is that? It's because God loves humanity, and that has been written on our hearts. Yes, you can, you can deny your conscience. You can sever your conscience. You can, you can kill your conscience, basically. You can do those things, but even in that, that, that's typically a choice you're making to walk away what is written and impressed upon your heart. See, God is revealing his, his love, his power, and, and his character to all people all the time. See, God is speaking. He's speaking. You have heard God speak. Even if you don't believe he exists and you're in this room, you have heard God speak to you. He is constantly speaking to all people all the time. Again, to the purpose of to draw people to himself. And so, yes, God does speak. But in all of these things, like I said earlier, in all of these things, these are not salvation in them of themselves. Okay? So to understand God's invisible qualities, to understand that, that God is powerful and that he loves us, and to understand his character does not mean I have salvation. That is not the knowledge of salvation. It's, it's getting me there. It's leading me there. That's a road to that. But that is not of itself. General revelation of God. So now let's jump into special revelation of God. Special revelation is God revealing saving knowledge of salvation in Christ through the supernatural. Okay, so this is God revealing the saving knowledge of his salvation in Christ through the supernatural. Now, what does that mean, the supernatural? Like, that freaks some of you out in here when I just said that. What does that mean? All that means is the ability to understand that Jesus Christ has forgiven your sins and that knowledge in your head leads to salvation for your soul. That is a supernatural act. You cannot have that apart from God. That is God moving supernaturally. In, 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 in Ezekiel 36, it says God removes our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. We cannot do that. That is supernatural. That is God moving in the supernatural. And so, what are these special revelations, special way God has spoken to us, that lead to salvation, what are those things? Well, first and foremost, the number one special revelation of God is Jesus himself. Jesus is the ultimate and supreme revelation of God to humanity and the fulfillment of all things promised to man in the way of salvation. Jesus is the ultimate special revelation. God himself coming to earth. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. You have seen God. Another time Jesus says, look, I do nothing apart from the will of my father. I don't do what I want to do. I do what the father tells me to do because he is God. So when you see Jesus, you see God. And when Jesus speaks, he speaks what God speaks because he's God. And so if you've heard the words of Jesus spoken, you've heard God speak. Hebrews 1 says this, starting in verse 1. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. 
The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by, the, by his powerful word. Jesus is God. He's the exact representation of God, that the universe was created through Jesus and that Jesus is sustaining all things through his word. God is speaking to you through Jesus. And he wanted it to be so loud and so clear that he himself came to this earth as a man, 100% man, 100% God, to speak so that we could really truly know God's voice, so that we could really truly know God's voice. When you look at the life Jesus lived, at the death he died, at the resurrection he had, the, the defeat of death that he had in, the, in his ascension, when you look at that, God is speaking to you. And that's a special revelation that is salvation when you hear it and receive it and understand it. The second special revelation uh, that God uses to, to reveal himself to us is Scripture. Scripture is the main way God continues to reveal his saving grace to us today. Scripture is the main way. So what is Scripture? First of all, that word scripture just simply means writings. That's what it means. It's nothing like special word or anything. It just means writings. Okay, and we believe that the writings are holy, so we'll call them holy scriptures. But they're writings. And then those writings have been collected throughout centuries, collected, put together, and put together in a single book. We call the Bible, which means book, right? That's, that, there you go. That's the connection. The word Bible means, it simply means book. And it's a book of scriptures, writings that have been put together. So what is the Bible? We're going to hang out here for just a minute today. What is the Bible? This is really important for all people to understand. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, it is important to understand what the Bible is. And to be honest, I don't have enough time this morning to really dive into what the Bible is. But if you want to know more, I actually did a message about this a few years ago. I spent like 45 minutes talking about what the Bible is, why we trust it, where it came from, and then talked about some of the things that people say against the Bible, like, oh, it was put together by this council or that council. We dive into some of these councils and what they were and how the Bible came to be. And so if you're interested in, in more in-depth on this, um, I'm telling you, go to our website. There, we, we did a series called God Problems. And the name of the message that I did is Problems with the Bible. And I'll tell you this, it was on April 18th, 2018. I'm just so you don't go searching, you know, spend two hours on our website trying to go through every single series. There's a lot on there. But on April 18th, God Problems, Problem with the Bible. If you want some more kind of in-depth discussion on where the Bible comes from, why we can trust it and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to talk about a little bit of that right now. So, so you understand, this is really important because a lot of people, and I say many, many people don't understand this. The Bible is actually, like I said, it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of different books or writings that have put, been put together in one book, right? There's actually, how many books are in the Bible? 66 different books. 66 different books are, make up our Bible. And, and in fact, they are, they're literally like books. So it would be like, 
sometimes we read and we're like, I don't understand what I'm reading. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like if you grab a novel and you open it up and you're like, I'm just going to go into the middle of this novel and yeah, I'm just going to skip ahead. I don't know what to read in this novel. So let's just pop it open and start here. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of fuss over some weird, stupid ring. I don't, I don't get it. Why, why is that? Why? I don't, who cares? It's a ring. You know, like, but that's what we do. It's like, oh, I'm going to open up, like, you know, uh, Exodus. Let's just go to chapter 22, verse 7. That's going to what I'm going to read today. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Right? It's because you're, you're starting in the middle of a story. The Bible's 66 different books put together. It, 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 was, it was written over a time span of 1,500 years. It wasn't written over a long weekend. Some people getting together to write a bestseller. That's not what it was. It wasn't written at a council. It, it was written over 1,500 years. Uh, it has over 40 authors. And we do believe this, that those authors were, in, were directly 100% inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. We believe that they were directly inspired by the Holy Spirit, that they just didn't go, hey, I have some thoughts on God, I'm going to write them down that the Holy Spirit spoke directly to him. And this is really important because we do not believe either that the Bible just descended just as from heaven, right? Just came down on this cloud and God's like, here you go, right? That's not what the Bible is. Now that, that did happen with the 10 commandments and with the law beyond that, but not, not our Bible. It wasn't just here, right? But a lot of Christians believe that. They don't know. It's written a 1,500 year time span, 40 different authors from three different continents, right? Three different languages. It's it's this massive thing that took so much time. And Jesus affirmed the Old Testament scriptures himself. In fact, the, the Bible is divided into two parts. You might not know this, and this is okay. This is why we're talking about it this morning. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right? The Old Testament, what the Old Testament is, is the Old Testament is the, the, the story and the history of God working through humanity, working through humanity towards Jesus. That's what the Old Testament is. It's God working through humanity, getting to this place of Jesus, and it stops about 400 to 450 years before Jesus shows up. That's where the Old Testament stops. So all of the stories of the Old Testament it's all pointing towards Jesus, and it's God working through humanity. And then the New Testament is just simply telling the story of Jesus showing up, living his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven. Then you have the birth of the church, and then you have these letters that are how, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to best emulate Jesus with our lives. Some people call them Christian ethics, but how we're to live as followers of Jesus, and then a little bit of what's still to come. That's what, the, that's what the New Testament is. It, not, not, they don't have to be these big, overwhelming things. There's the Old Testament and New Testament. But all of it, both Old and New Testament, are 100%, here comes your third 10-cent theological word, 100% Christocentric. What that means is Jesus is the center of all of it. From the first word to the last word, it all revolves around Jesus. Scripture is 100% Christocentric. Jesus is the center of all of the Bible, of all of it. The Bible is God communicating to us his love and redemption 
And it all centers around Jesus. God is, the Bible is God communicating to us his love and redemption. And it is all centering around Jesus. That is what the Bible is. 1 Peter 1, 20 through 21 says this, and this is going back to that idea that it was 100% inspired by the Holy Spirit, not just some people getting together and writing down their random thoughts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by human will, but the men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Again, supernatural, right? Supernatural revelation of God. And that brings us through to our third special revelation, and that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only way we can truly know God and what he has revealed to us to the point of salvation. There's a lot of people who study the life of Jesus, a lot of historians, a lot of, a lot of people who study ancient culture, study the life of Jesus, a lot of people who study the Bible, inside out and backwards. I mean, they know its original language. They can speak the original language. They study it because it is a brilliant piece of ancient literature, just, it, just brilliant piece of literature. The way that it is so Christocentric is mind-blowing for those who don't know Jesus. They're like, it is, one, it is the only piece of literature that, while written over 1,500 years by over 40 different authors, three different languages, three different parts of the world, three different continents, still has one central theme. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's such random chance, right? Like, people don't get it. But people can study the Bible, and they still don't come to a, a saving knowledge of Jesus because the Holy Spirit has not revealed it to them. Again, we cannot discover God. God reveals himself to us. And the only way that we can know scripture is through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.13 says this. This is what we speak. Not words taught by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. See, it is the Holy Spirit that reveals it to us. It's not human wisdom. It is so far beyond human wisdom. In fact, it's so far beyond human wisdom that, that it seems foolishness to human wisdom. But we cannot know Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit. In, in, in the life of Jesus, he had these, these 12 disciples that were with him all the time, and one of them's name was Peter. And Jesus is standing with Peter one day. And Peter knew Jesus. They'd been hanging out for about three years. He had seen all the miracles, seen him walk on water, walked on water with him, all of these things. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, hey, Peter, who do people say that I am? And Peter's like, oh, people say that you're like Elijah returned or you're a great prophet or a great teacher. And Jesus says, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter's like, oh, you're the Messiah. You are God. And Jesus says this, he says, blessed are you, Peter, for you did not come to this conclusion on your own. It wasn't you hanging out with me and hearing all of the parables. It wasn't you walking on water with me. It wasn't you seeing me feed the 5,000. That's not why you know that I am God. You know I am God because the Spirit of God has revealed this to you. It is God's Spirit that reveals to us who God is and is that special revelation. And the only reason that we can know the Scriptures and, and with this knowledge, with this understanding, this should really change the way that we approach reading our Bibles. 
right? Like, think about it. It's January 2022. That, I mean, all of us, right? We're like, this is the year, new year, new me, right? New year, new me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read my Bible every day. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be this awesome Christian. I'm gonna be a super Christian. I'm gonna read my Bible. I know I, I know I need to read my Bible more. No, I need to read my Bible. So I'm going to do it right now. Oh, yeah, there's this thing, the Bible app, all right? They give you a verse, of one verse. I can do one verse every day. All right, all right. I like this one verse, okay. Right, and, and so often we approach it like this. It's like, okay, I'm going to get up early. There's just something more holy when you get up early to read your Bible. Like, that's, that's where God is in the morning, right? Like, there's something more holy, so I'm going to get up early. I don't usually get up early, but I'm going to get up early. Whatever early is for you, right? Like, for last service, all of our, like, high school students from the front row. I'm like, okay, it's so like 9 a.m. I'm going to get up early. Um, wait, 5.30, 6, 5 o'clock, 6.30, whatever. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to open my Bible. And then the first day happens and you're like, oh man, I open up my phone and the Bible app and uh, today's verse, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. I don't know what that means. All right. Well, I read my Bible today. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow, God. Good talk. Good talk. And we go on our way. I think oftentimes we kind of approach reading our Bibles like this to some degree or another, if we're really honest with ourselves. But knowing that we can't even begin to understand what it's truly saying without the Holy Spirit, what if we approach reading our Bibles more like this? We wake up and we go, Holy Spirit, would you open my eyes to see your truth in your word? that I would see Jesus in what I read today, that my heart would just begin to get a fraction of understanding of what I'm going to read today through you. Like, that would be life-changing. But if you do this, I promise you two things. The first one is this. It's still going to be confusing. Okay, it is. It's not a mathematical formula. It's not magic words that all of a sudden I open my Bible and it's like, oh, Whoa, yes, it's not that. But two, I can promise you this, it will begin to work on you in ways you've never experienced and you won't have to make it happen. You can't make it work on you, but the Holy Spirit will work in your heart and it will begin to work on you. And you might not recognize it and you might not see it right away and you might not even feel it right away, but it will work on you. Promise you that. This is how we hear from God. So you might be going, okay, God, Josh, that's great. Special revelation, general revelation, that's great. But how do I hear God speak to me? How do I hear his voice? First thing I want you to understand is you have already heard God speak to you. You have heard him speak to you. General revelation, God has spoken to you. Whether you follow God or not, whether you believe he exists or not, he has spoken to you. So God is speaking to you right now. But here's the, here's the big question is how, how, how do I hear God, especially those following Jesus? You may have been following Jesus for a long time. You're like, I, I don't feel like I've ever heard God speak to me. Maybe that one time when I was at camp. Maybe that one time when I was on a mission trip. Maybe that one time, that really amazing church service, I felt like I heard God speak to me. But never again. I don't, I don't know if he speaks to me. I might be the one person that God doesn't really speak to. Right, just the one, because all my friends are always like, oh my goodness, let me tell you what God spoke to me today. It was amazing. My friends are literally like, hey, oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, God? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll take care of that later. Thanks. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Anyways, what were you saying? Like, it feels like 
It feels like everyone else around us is like this, but me, God doesn't really speak to me. I've never heard him. So I want to I wrap up this morning with, with some of these ways of how do we hear God speak to us? And what does it sound like? First of all, again, it's, these are not mathematical formulas. There is no mathematical formula. Say the right words, do the right thing, get up at the right time, and God will speak to me. But before we jump into how does God speak to us, real quick, a couple of the biggest barriers that comes from us even beginning being able to hear from God. The first one is this. I come with my own expectations of how God will speak to me. Right? Oh, it's going to be audibly. If God doesn't speak to me audibly, like he just doesn't speak. Right? Or, or whatever it is, we, we have these crazy expectations. And it's like, this is how God will speak to me. And if it doesn't happen this way, then it's just not happening. And we might even say, I'm just, you know, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm just too dense to hear any other thing. Like, I need it to be obvious. And I need God to speak to me, like, audibly. Right? And then, and then he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. And we're like, man, I'm trying to come to God, but I'm hearing nothing. And so does, does God really speak? Does, does he really love me? Is he even real? I don't know. I, I'm, I don't hear him. I've never heard him. Right? And, it, and you can see how it can kind of become a little heavy. And we try to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it again. And, and God doesn't audibly speak to me. And I don't really know what's going on. And so I go, to, I go to this idea, like, I don't know what to read. The Bible's kind of confusing, and I don't know where to start. I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to play a little game we call Bible Roulette. Just open my Bible. God's going to speak to me, right? God's in control of all things. He's going to control me opening my Bible. I will say there's been a time or two where I've just happened to randomly open my Bible. It's exactly what I needed. But for the most time, that's been like once or twice in my life. We open the Bible, and like, okay, I don't know what to read, so... God, speak to me. And so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. Well, thanks, God. Good talk. I'll see you tomorrow. Clearly, you did not want to speak to me today. Otherwise, you would have had the Bible open up to something that spoke to me. Right? Again, we have our expectations of how God is going to speak to us. Another one is that we, it's going to happen in 20 minutes or less. Right? God, you're going to speak to me in 20 minutes or less. Because that's what I have, and that's what I got. But it doesn't always happen that way. And I know, I know we have lives, and we get kind of busy and stuff, but it's going to be amazing. It's going to be in 20 minutes or less. And we, we have this expectation. Here's another expectation. In that 20 minutes, I'm going to open up my Bible, and it's going to be incredible. It's going to change my life, and it's going to cause me to live differently, and then I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then I'm going to open my Bible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to, it's going to change my heart. And it's going to cause me to change the way I live my life. And then I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And then I'm going to open my Bible and it's going to be amazing. And again, it's like, wow, that's really exhausting. I, wow, that's how, that's what God's doing to you. And like every day he's giving you these life-changing things and you're changing your life every day. That's incredible, but that is exhausting. But we have this expectation of like, this is how it's going to be. It's going to blow my mind every time I try to hear from God. That's not how it is. It's just not. Right? And then what ends up happening is that's not happening. I don't feel like I hear God's voice audibly, which I want to I hit pause for just a moment. I want to say something here. Hearing God's voice audibly, it's probably the number one thing. I wish God would just tell me audibly that I hear people say. And so I want to I speak to this for just a second because I heard this a long time ago and this, this was it's a pretty big deal. What is audibly speaking anyways? What is it? It's my mouth making sounds that reverberate in your ears and those sounds put thoughts in your head and feelings in your heart. 
and we call it communication, language. But all God does is so often, not always, but so often, God just skips our ears. Right? He speaks to us and it, it puts words in our head and feelings in our souls and we understand who he is and we experience that and, and, and that's God speaking to us. And yes, the, there are other voices that are in our heads. There's our own voice, of course. There's the enemy who wants to put thoughts in our head as well. But that's why we can, we can look to scriptures and even challenge the things that are in our, in our, in our ears, in our minds, in our hearts. And a simple example of this is if you are sitting down and you are meditating and you're just like, God, I want to be with you. And you're sitting there and you hear this thought of, I love you. I created you. Let's just say you hear that. Okay. Is that your own voice? I'll tell you what, it's not my own voice, right? My thoughts spiral down. Most of all of our spots start spiral down. I don't think of myself, man, I just love me today. I just don't. I probably should, but I don't. My thoughts are spiraling down. It's not the enemy. The enemy's not, I love you today. You're just awesome. That's not the enemy. It's not how he talks. So what is it? That's God speaking to your heart and you feel whole, and you feel complete, and you feel wanted, and you feel loved. And yeah, it wasn't audible to your ears, but God doesn't need your ears to speak to your heart and your mind. It's the same thing. And so think of that when you're trying to hear God speak, because that is often one of the biggest hangups is how does God speak? How do I hear his voice? And then what ends up happening though, is we have these expectations and we're like, God, God's going to move. It's going to be amazing. It's going to going to blow my mind. I'm going to hear him. And then it doesn't happen. And then what ends up happening is we turn hearing from God into a burden. We, we, we turn it into a burden, something that's supposed to be a blessing. It's like, man, I didn't hear God speak to me. So I'll go back tomorrow and I open my Bible and I read it. It doesn't make sense to me. And so it's like, God, do you speak? Uh, do you love me? Are you even real? Oh, I'll try it again tomorrow. And then we almost become afraid to go and, and spend time with God to try to hear his voice because, man, I don't hear it. So I don't even know if he speaks. I don't even know if he loves me. I don't even know if he's real because I don't hear it. And it becomes a burden. It should just be easy, right? It should just happen. I should wake up in the morning and I want to do nothing more than to read my Bible, right? And when I say this, that's what's supposed to happen. But all of a sudden I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I want to do some other stuff. So is there a problem with me? Right? It's, it, it should be just easy to hear God's voice. I just, I just do it, right? And, and, and becomes a burden. These are, these are roadblocks. These are hindrances from us hearing God. And, and, and another one is, is we come to God and we make it about us. Make it about me. Come to God and I make it about me. And it's like, God, here, here, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do this. And if you haven't done that, then you're not really speaking to me. And I'll come back tomorrow to check in and see if you've done those things. Right? Nope, you didn't do them yet. All right, let's try it again. And I'm going to have this amazing moment with you, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me feel really good about myself, and it's going to make me happy. And when you speak to me, it's always about you making me happy. It's never about, like, difficult things. Like, the, like if all of a sudden it's like, oh, go forgive someone I don't want to forgive. Yeah, that's definitely not from God. And I, that's not how God speaks. He just wants to make me happy. And, and I get to put it on Instagram, right? I get my Bible. And I got all the highlights on it. And I got my coffee and my, my muffin there. And it's like, it's about me. And this, this time, this devotional helps me get lots of likes. And it's really good time. 
It's about me. And God, you haven't fulfilled what I've asked you to do. And I'm not saying we don't bring our request to God. Scripture is very clear. Make your request known to God. Come to God. He wants us to come to him. But we, again, we, we don't really come to him to know him. We come to him because we want it to be about us. And so what are practical ways to hear God's voice? What are practical ways where we can hear God speak? I love this, this understanding of what the Bible is. It's from the Bible Project. This is what they say. The Bible is ancient Jewish literature that is artistically designed to interpret itself and encourage a lifetime of reading and rereading and reflection. That, that it's, it's actually designed for us to go, wait, I didn't get that. It's actually designed to do that so that we go, I want to read that again. And as I read it, as I said earlier, when we read it through the lens of understanding the Holy Spirit speaking to us, as I read it, it's working on my life. It is reading me as I'm reading it. And I can't help but have it transform me slowly over time. Over time, hearing God's voice is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Imagine, if you will, like I'm sure many of us have done before, going, okay, 2022, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get fit, right? Just like I did in 2021, just like I did in 2020 and in 2019, right? And so we're like, I'm going to do this. And for like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, right? I, I'm, I'm like eating healthy and I'm exercising and I'm like, this is awesome. And look, I'm losing all this weight. And now I hit day 90. All right, I'm done, Right? Like, that was fun. Got healthy for a bit there. Lost some weight. Went to the gym. And I'll, uh, we'll see if it sticks. I don't know. But uh, I'm done. You know, and we kind of approach reading the Bible like that. Like, okay, I'm locked in every single day. I will never miss one day. Right? And maybe you're like me. If you, like, miss Monday, you're like, well, I can't read for the rest of the week because that would make it, like, odd. So i got to wait till the next Monday. My calendar be all weird. OCD like that. And, and so, but, but lifestyles, like if you have a major medical issue and the doctor's like, you need to change your lifestyle or you'll die, you do. All of a sudden you think differently about the way you eat. You don't just stop eating things so you lose some weight and then when you lose the weight, you start eating them again. You think differently about how you eat. You think differently about the way you exercise and it becomes a lifestyle. That is hearing the voice of God is a lifestyle to just go just be with him to understand that the very purpose of hearing the voice of God is to drive us more in love with God, which causes us to live, his, drives us to live out his mission for us on earth. That is the purpose of hearing the voice of God, is to drive us to love God more so that we would walk out his mission more on earth. And then when we understand that and we go to God, we know, man, it's just a little bit. God's working on me. He is speaking to me. It takes time. It takes consistency. And God will speak. And, you, and the longer you spend time and the more consistency you have, just the louder and louder his voice becomes in your life. And, and you don't have to try. You don't have to force it. But it will just happen. We need to understand these things. And I love it. There, there is a, um, there's an organization, I just mentioned them, the Bible Project. 
and uh, they have like a gazillion podcasts out, and they have a, uh, they just created a new app that was released, released on January 1st, and in the app, you can find their podcast. They have a podcast called Paradigm, and it's about changing the paradigm and how you view scripture and study it and read it and allow it to speak to you. And so I would highly encourage you to check that out. But as we wrap up today, we don't want to end just with, okay, now, now get out of here, right? We believe that all of us have some steps to take. And so on your, on your uh, seat, there is uh, something called action steps. And I want to encourage you to grab that piece of paper and just tear that bottom off right now. And by doing this, what we're going to do is, is at the end, as you leave, you can just drop them in the baskets as you leave. We do this every single week. And this is just us to, uh, uh, just uh, for us to give you a reminder like, hey, you said you wanted to do this more this week. We're just going to send you a reminder and let you know we're praying for you. But here are some action steps you might need to take. The first one is maybe you just need to say yes to Jesus, who is the perfect revelation of God, God's love for you. Maybe you didn't realize that's who Jesus was. Maybe two, you need to commit to spend time reading your Bible this week and first ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what God is saying to you. Maybe you've never done that. God, reveal yourself to me. Holy Spirit, let me read this Bible as you speak it to me. Number three is spend time walking through search history guide this week. On all your seats, there's a search history guide. And there's more scriptures in there to help you read, just to walk you through understanding more. Where This guide is for the whole series. Keep it with you. Put your name on it. Bring it with you. Write in it. Take notes in it. This is an awesome opportunity, awesome tool that we created for you to continue to walk through these, these questions that we're talking about every week. And the fourth one is that I just put download the Bible Project app and begin walking through the journey. They have a section called The Journey, and it's journeying through scripture to understand it better. If you guys would, go ahead and stand as we close this time with prayer. Jesus, thank you that you are always speaking to us all the time. You are not silent. You are drawing us near to you. God, and sometimes you might even be quiet in times to cause us to look hard for you, but God, you are constantly speaking to us, pointing us towards you, pointing us towards a God who loves us. Holy Spirit, I pray this week as people go to hear you speak, that they would hear you speak, maybe for the first time. God, I pray that you would break through the fear people have of not hearing you speak. God, I pray that you would break through the personal agendas that people have. God, I pray that you would break through, God, the, the inconsistencies that we have to hear you speak. God, I pray that you would break through our misunderstandings. God, I pray that you'd break through our doubts. God, I pray that you would break through and that we could hear your voice this week. God, and that it would encourage us. God, it would bring us hope. God, it would bring us joy. Jesus, as your word says, if you seek me, you will find me and you will hear me. Lord, I pray that you put it in our hearts to seek you. God, and as we do, that we would hear your voice and we could be encouraged this week. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, we hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.